Hey everybody, a very special edition of the podcast coming your way momentarily. Before we get to that, I just want to give you guys a shout out for all your support so far in 2021. It means so much to me. I'm glad that we're getting back to some sense of normal. Hopefully it remains that way. But if you guys didn't know, I also launched a second podcast in 2021. It's called What Have We Been Watching? And it's a movie podcast where me and my co-host, my good friend, Noletta, we deep dive into a movie topic each podcast. We rank the series or whatever we're discussing. And uh, we also give our latest reviews on all the latest movies, um, the big releases. So this week it was the Fast and the Furious franchise. We reviewed the series from the best entry to the worst entry. We also reviewed the newest entry that's in cinemas now, Fast and the Furious 9. So go over to what have we been watching on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and check that show out. Thank you guys for all your support. Now let's get on with the show. Hey everybody and welcome to Steve's State of Origin Game 2 special and reeling off a huge New South Wales victory up there at Townsville a couple weeks ago. New South Wales were failing that game 50 points to 6. What a night it was. As a New South Wales supporter, I loved every second of it. Uh, Tom Tarujevic, Latrell Mitchell on fire. Nathan Cleary was great. Tarek Sims was great. Jerome Lua, Brian Toe, the debutants, absolutely killed it. The question remains, can New South Wales... Do what Brad Fittler hasn't done in his coaching career thus far and go up to Suncorp Stadium, win the match, and more importantly, wrap up the series, which would lead to a potential, depending on the COVID situation at the moment, a potential New South Wales whitewash of the series, winning it 3-0 down in Sydney. So there's a lot to play for. It's going to be a huge game on Sunday night. It's going to be the last Sunday origin ever. Um, And on this show, we're going to talk about who I think the X-Factors are for both teams, what Queensland have to do to bounce back from this heavy loss in Game 1. I'm going to rate their chances and see all the changes they're made to their side. I'm going to give you my prediction on the margin on the first try scorers on the man of the match. It's going to be a big addition to the show. So uh, strap in. We've got a lot to talk about in the next 20 or 30 minutes. And I think what a there's no better place to start than to look at how this Queensland team fell apart in Game 1. As I said, it was all the Blues. Um, it was pretty close in the first 15 to 20 minutes. The Blues were, had a 2-0 lead, but once the points started flowing, Queensland just could not shut them down. We saw Tom Tarovic really roaming and playing like a fullback, playing his normal kind of roaming positional role, but he was a centre. So he was. you'd see him on one side of the field for, you know, in the middle of a set, and at the end of the set, he's on the other side supporting the play. So it was an absolutely unbelievable effort. Tom Tarovic is going through this form in his career where it might be the best form he's ever shown. And it's, man, it's it's something special to watch. It's could be one of the best modern-day streaks in terms of uh, form that we've seen in the entire NRL era. So it is going that well for Tom Tarovic. And really, he is elevating mainly to being a premiership threat just with his presence on the field at the moment. It's absolutely unbelievable. And as I said, he was the deserving man of the match in Game 1 up there in Townsville. We'll see if he can back it up. Now, Queensland, they know they can't shot, shot, shut Tommy Turbo down for 80 minutes. They've just got to limit his impact, which means they have to complete their sets well. They have to kick, um, you know, and get their good kicks off and kick straight down, uh, find some space, find some grass, and really make New South Wales work it out from their own line because we know they're good at it. They've got Brian Toho and these guys that are just meter eaters at the back there. But that's the key to shut guys like Tommy down. 
And uh, they, they're going to know the job ahead of them is not going to be easy. It's going to be extremely tough for them. But Tommy's form with Latrell Mitchell, who you can see who had a, a huge point to prove in Origin 1. In my opinion, he might have been a little bit unlucky not to win me in the match. Him and Tommy were both outstanding. But um, obviously gave it to Tommy because that roaming ability that he's got is just so unpredictable. And you never know where it's going to come. You can't really plan against a, a center that's roaming the field. The only way that Queensland could potentially expose that is by uh, targeting his, his that side of the field that he defends in the centers when he's not there potentially. So, um, yeah, as I said, though, Tommy and, and Latrell are outstanding. The half really controlled the game well. Nathan Cleary, Jerome Luai, and Queensland just couldn't keep up the pace. Once, uh, once that forward pack battle... You know, once those big forwards started to get tired, and I think Queensland did an okay job in the forwards, considering Christian Welsh went down to injury in the first 10 minutes, he's going to make a big difference this game. They really tried their best to stay with it, but when you got those electric backs making, you know, 10, 20 metres a run, and then the forwards haven't even been used yet, and they're coming and making their hit-ups, they're on the back foot very quickly, and they couldn't recover. Cameron Munster and, and Cherry Evans didn't control the game well at all. Um, Holmes didn't get much of a chance to get involved, and... As I said, it was just all one-way traffic, and it was one of the biggest state-of-origin wins of all time. So it's going to be a huge ask for Queensland, and when we look at their team, there's no better way to start than if we're talking about Queensland to look at their lineup, look at the changes they've made. They've made some significant changes in their lineup. Uh, five new faces in their squad. Uh, Andrew McCulloch comes in the hooker role. Harry Grant is out with a hamstring problem. Ben Hunt joins the bench for him as well. They've got Francis Molo going to be making his debut on the bench. Um, those two replace Jaden Sua and Joe Offenhengiahi. AJ Brimson's out, uh, which means... And, and Ponga's still out as well. So they've got limited options in the fullback position. So they're bringing in Reese Walsh and Shift and Valentine Holmes out to the wing um, to replace to replace uh, Xavier Coates, who had a disaster game on that wing in Game 1, and Renato Molontalo, who's been in great form for Cronulla, he comes on the extended bench and in the 19th man jersey of Colness, keeping his 18th man. Um, so they've made a lot of changes, really. Um, it's going to be a very different Queensland side that runs out. And we'll go through their X-Factors in a minute, who I think is going to make a significant impact. But we have to discuss the... The Reese Walsh situation going on at the moment. Nathan Brown and and Phil Gould have come out in the media and said that they don't think that Reese Walsh is particularly ready for Origin, and they think it's a disgrace that he's been picked. And I can understand what they're doing. They're trying to protect the the young player because he's such a superstar in the making. He could be something very special. Um, but you know, he's only six games into his NRL career, and there was times in that game on the weekend against Newcastle where he struggled, and there was one. Mitchell Pierce 40-20 attempt that was brilliant and pretty much almost kicked the 40-20 that Walsh had to go back and clean up and he didn't handle that situation particularly well. So I can understand where their criticism comes in, but Paul Green really didn't have much choice. I mean, he could have picked Holmes at fullback again, but I think with Holmes's try-scoring ability on a wing in origin, he seems to always find his way over the line somehow when he's on a wing. Um, but that would have been a mistake, and I think that Brimson would have been the obvious choice if he was fit. So they put Reese Walsh in, six games, 18-year-old, the youngest debutant in origin since Ben Eichen in 1995, who came off the bench, but starting a game at fullback where this New South Wales side has just smashed Queensland up the middle, and their backs have been so electric. It's going to be 
an extremely hard task. It might, it might not be impossible, but for Reese Walsh to make an impact, um, he's going to have to get involved very early and not be afraid to uh, to make his impact felt and not try to wait for his opportunity as the game goes. Because if you listen to so many former legends um, who played Origin say, all these legends say that it's so hard um, to kind of get a gauge on time in Origin. And you look over the clock, one minute it seems to be like five minutes into the game and next it seems to be half an hour in. So it's going to be a uh, a bit of a tough initiation for Reese Walsh, but he's playing up in Suncorp. He's got a chance in front of his home crowd, and at the moment, with the border restrictions, it doesn't look like New South Wales fans will be able to get up there at all. So it's going to be almost entirely Queensland, just like in Townsville. There's no better place to kind of start your state of origin career if you're a Queenslander. So uh, he's going to have that on his side. He's got some experienced heads around him, but it's still going to be a tough initiation into the origin arena. And if we look at how this... You know, New South Wales teams going not just in game one, but also in NRL form. Some of those guys, um, if they make a break, then Reese Walsh is going to have his work cut out for him to stop someone like a raging uh, Jay, uh, James Tedesco or Tom Sroich or Latrell Mitchell. So he needs help. Um, he's not going to be, in my opinion, a player that um, is going to lose Queensland the game, but a lot of people were expecting to kind of break the game open. I don't know if that's... Uh, in his future for Origin 2. I think it's a very, very tough ask to put the kid in that arena and expect him to fire. So um, it'll be interesting to see how it goes for sure. But as I said, uh, Queensland, you look at their side, they've got the experienced heads in Cherry Evans and Munster. Let's go to our X-Factors now. I've got three for each side. For Queensland, for the team that lost 50-6 to and need to find some answers desperately um, to you know keep the series alive and they get a huge chance up in Queensland to do that, but odds are significantly against them. You can't, you can't look past Cameron Munster. Back in 2017, game two, Jonathan Thurston kicks a goal from the sideline to win Queensland. That game in Sydney gets injured during game two and, and cannot play game three. It's the end of his origin career. They bring in a kid called Cameron Munster who was killing it at the time uh, at fullback and in the halves for Melbourne. Um, and he comes in and makes his debut at 5'8". Tears New South Wales apart in the first half an hour. It was as good as a Debut that I've ever seen in Origin. He was laying the platform for tries, uh, scoring some himself. It was a great performance by him. And he's been such a huge part, probably the integral, the main part uh, of this Queensland side in the last five years. I mean, you look at last year's series, he killed it again. And every time that Queensland seems to be going well over the last five years, it seems to be on the back of the the game-breaking ability and that X-factor that Cameron Munster has. So if you look at naming three X-factors for each team, number one for Queensland has to be Cameron Munster. His influence on the team is great, and you can see that he was a little bit off, and he wasn't exactly match-fit and ready to be out there in game one, and he came into that game undercooked. And if you come into an origin undercooked, you're most likely going to get exposed if you're not 100% fully fit. This game, he's got some time to repair. He's gone back to Melbourne, had a pretty good game in their dominant victory over the West Tigers last week. So he's going to be fired up, ready to go for Origin 2, and I think he's going to make a significant difference. If Queensland have any chance, then his running game needs to be at its best, and uh, and he needs to be obviously backing up DCE because DCE in Game 1 for Queensland had to do a lot of the general kicking. He's going to have to do that again, so Cameron Munster is going to have to be that kind of support player that... 
that Cherry Evans needs in the playmaking department, but also that guy that's going to, you know, be the X factor. And it's a tight game. He's going to be the one that splits splits New South Wales open and uh, and take advantage. So Cameron Munster's got to be your number one X factor. If we go to the rest of the Queensland side, my number two X factor, I've gone Christian Welsh. And Christian Welsh is a man that only played 10 minutes in game one in 2021, but I think he's probably the most underrated player in this Queensland side. Last year when Queensland won Origin uh, in that huge upset with which what was called the worst Queensland side ever, it was on the back of what Christian Welsh had to... That grunt that he had in the forward pack, he was terrorizing Cleary, and uh, he adds that aggression, he adds that enforcer-type role for Queensland that, you know, people like myself are calling Big Tino to do in Game 1. Tino didn't deliver in Game 1. Hopefully he can in Game 2. Dave Fafita didn't really add that fire power either, you know, that spark, that, that hatred that you need to have in Origin. But I think a guy like Christian Welsh can do it, and Queensland just couldn't get any go forward uh, after the first 15 minutes when he went off the field in game one. So I think his experience in that Melbourne Storm system and what he did in Origin last year is invaluable. And I think that he is going to just make a big impact, especially in the first 20 minutes of this Origin. I think he's going to be out there and leading the forward pack in you know, bu- trying to bully this New South Wales forward pack because the Blues, they have guys like... Uh, Paulo and Daniel Saifidi starting in their in their front row, but because of the injury there to Jay Torovich, they've only got one uh, middle forward on their bench there in, in Payne Huss. So if they can fatigue them early, then Queensland can probably get some points and find some gaps in this New South Wales defence. So Christian Welsh, absolutely instrumental to that. We go to our third X-Factor for Queensland in their final one. I mentioned Christian Welsh and Cameron Munster. I don't know how you can have an X-Factor uh, for Queensland without mentioning Josh Papali, and he's the, the forward partner of Christian Welsh. He was absent in game one. He's probably their most experienced player other than DCE that they've got on board there at Queensland. And if they're going to do anything, it's going to be, especially if they're going to be make, getting that momentum early in the game, it's going to be on the back of Papali. His leadership in the forward pack is big. And him and Christian Welsh, that, that combination in the front row could cause some significant headaches for the Blues, so they've got to be very careful there. So those are my three X-Factors for Queensland. If we go over to the other side of the coin, I've talked a lot about Queensland so far in this podcast because the pressure's all on Queensland. Even though it's in Suncorp, that game one was one of the most one-sided origin affairs I've ever seen. So uh, let's look at the New South Wales X-Factors anyway, and you guys know it. It's the usual suspects at number one, Tom Shorovich. What he did in game one was one of the best individual origin displays you'll ever see what he's doing for manly uh is some of the best performances you've seen in the nrl era and might be up there if andrew johns with the greatest contribution and the greatest difference that one man can make to an individual club and he's really carried him over to origin for me he is the number one player in the game at the moment he's surpassed james tedesco i said it before the season even started that i think he's a better fullback than james tedesco and some people laughed at me but Teddy's a great player, don't get me wrong, but the the ex, the, the effect that Tom Trorovich has just being out there, and I know he missed a tackle that led to a Kurt Capewell try in Origin 1, the Queensland's only try, but he was outstanding. Um, he's not superhuman, but he and he might not have the impact he does in Game 1, but I am just get excited every time I see Tom Trorovich hit the field, and I think that he's going to make a big difference uh, to New South Wales' hopes to try to secure the series after two games. All right, we go to our second X-Factor now for the Blues. 
same kind of deal, but with James Tedesco. And, you know, Tedesco hasn't had a great season, um, really, for the Roosters so far this year. And, you know, to the point where people are saying, like myself, that Tom Sorovich is the superior fullback. And he has been the best player in the game for several years now, Teddy. So uh, underestimating that at his own peril, uh, at your own peril. Origin 1, Tedesco, underrated uh, contribution. Still made over 200 metres. Set up a beautiful ball for the Tom Sarovich try. And New South Wales were going so good that Teddy's work sometimes went unnoticed. But you look at Origins over the past three to four years since Teddy made his debut, there's really never a game where Tedesco is not in the top five players on the field at any time. So I think that he's due for a big one even though it's all about the team and New South Wales wrapping the series up in Queensland, I think he's going to have a point to prove that he can still hang and still be regarded as the game's best fullback because he looks to his left or to his right and he sees Tommy doing the things he does. And I'm sure that makes, even though he'll never admit it, I'm sure that makes James Tedesco a bit envious and, uh, you know, say, okay, you've lifted your game to another level. Now I'm going to come and lift my game to another level with you. So it's going to be very exciting to see how how Teddy performs um, in response to these to these Tom Sarovich performances, especially when you look at Tedesco at the Roosters this year. The Roosters haven't, you know, been in a great position. They've had a lot of injuries, a lot of inexperience. So sometimes Tedesco tries to do too much for him. I think he's just going to play a simpler game in game two for, for the Blues, and it could end up being a match-winning performance by Tedesco. I think he's due for a really big game. I get that Latrell Mitchell feeling about Tedesco in the second game of this Origin Series. All right, and uh, my third X Factor for the Blues, I'm going to give it to Jerome Luai. Now, I was tossing up between Cleary and Luai. Cleary, if Tommy's not the best player in the game at the moment, Cleary is without a doubt. Um, he probably will get the Dallium medal this year. Um, that pretty much will prove that he's you know in the elite players, if not the best player in rugby league at the moment. But we know what we're going to get from Cleary. He's gonna, we're going to get a great kicking game. Uh, he's going to be really key if the Fords can get on top and lay a platform for him. Cleary's going to really, like like Penrith have done all year for him, he's really going to find the, the weakness in uh, opposition's defense and expose it. But Jerome Luai, I was questioning uh, the selection of Luai before game one. I said, I don't know. Because sometimes you, you put players into an arena like Origin and it's a sink or swim environment. And sometimes they have a debut to forget. Well, Luai did not do that. He was outstanding just like he is always at Penrith. And I think Queensland are going to focus a lot of their efforts on shutting down Cleary in this game and really limiting his ball. But uh, you can't be everywhere at once. And it just shows how much talent New South Wales got on the board here. I could have picked Latrell as my third X-Factor because you know he's going to have a big game. Brian Toe, outstanding. One of their big forward pack, like Angus off the bench, Angus Crichton. I think he's injured for a big game. But... The ability that Luai's got to break the game open and, and spot a tied defender is unreal. And if you give him some space, he's even going to be strong over a try himself, or a lot of times he'll be setting up Toe um, or Tommy out on that left-hand side for the Blues. So, you know, it it almost, just like Tedesco, he almost gets overshadowed by how good he was in game one. But the whole team was excellent. And, you know, I think that, Unfortunately for Queensland, that most of this Blues side, especially on paper, and especially looking at their game one performance, are X-Factors. So Queensland are going to have their work 
cut out for them for sure. That leads me to my prediction of the match um, and how I think the match is going to go. I'm going to give my first try scorers and my man of the match to end this show. But um, And I've talked a lot about how, how Queensland need to be dominant with their forward pack um, early in this match to have a chance. Suncorp is an arena that the Blues historically have struggled at. And I think that leads me to believe that Queensland are going to start this game really well. And I think that Suncorp, just playing at Suncorp, gives Queensland some points on the board. In my head, they're going to be scoring on the back of this hostile crowd. That why the Townsville environment didn't seem to affect the Blues in game one. This Suncorp environment and origin is completely different. Um, it's, it's a cauldron. Uh, Queensland have had so much success and so much rich history there that I'm sure Blake Green and the guys that he's got helping him in the coaching staff, guys like Thurston and Slater, are going to remind him of it. That I think Queensland are going to come out to a firing start, to be honest with you. And it's just whether the Blues can match that intensity on the game. Now, we know they're going to come firing in the second half to Blues because that's where I think the game can really get away from Queensland. I think if the Blues hit the front early in this game, Queensland are no chance. But if Queensland can start this game well, they find themselves into the contest. And a lot of the media are riding off Queensland in this game, but I think this game is perfectly suited for a Queensland win. However, all you got to do is give this Queen, uh, this New South Wales back, space, uh, back five a little bit of space and they're going to take it. And uh, if the forward pack can just match Queensland and that, you know, that intensity and that uh, need to get revenge and to need to make up for that game one performance. Because, as I said, they're going to just... I can just imagine... I just see a Queensland ambush uh, in my mind to start this match. But if New South Wales can hold that initial onslaught, then we can find New South Wales scoring some points extremely quickly. Because you look at the talent that New South Wales has, and these tries can come from anywhere and at any time. Um, that some any of these guys can just break the game open. So... I expect a better performance from Queensland. I really do. And I think they've got some tries on the board, but I just can't see them winning um, this game at the end of the day because sometimes the environment and all that stuff can get you up, but sometimes you're just outmatched. And you can never ride off a Queensland side for sure, but I think this is one, this, this situation, I think a lot of people see it, including a lot of Queenslanders, that New South Wales just has the better side. And it's not a knock on Queensland at all, but... You look anywhere in the field, and New South Wales have players that can break the game open. I don't think you can say the same about Queensland. So I've got New South Wales in this game by 12. I think it's going to be a 1-12 to victory. I think it's going to linger on the 13-plus side. But I think that that start and the fact that it's at Suncourt, we're going to have a game on our hands, especially if you're a Blues fan. Don't expect this one to be like last time. But I think the Blues just get over the top in the end. So I've got the Blues, something like a... Um, Something like a 26 to 14 kind of scoreline, I can see personally. So um, I'm going to go 26 to 14. I'm going to get the Blues to win. First try scorers, I think that, well, Tommy got it in game one, and he was one of my selections. I did go Latrell, and I told you guys Latrell before Tommy, but Tommy's a guy that I said, you know, is definitely going to be in the mix. This time, I really think there's value in betting on the Queensland side to score first. As I said, I think that environment at some court will help him. Valentine Holmes, um, his try-scoring record in origin is absolutely unbelievable. I don't see any reason why that might change in this game. So I think that uh, that is a pretty good bet at the moment. I think that he is paying... What is he paying? Uh, also, by the way, before as I look this up, go to the, uh, the Blues women's team 
tonight. I don't know too much about it to give it a prediction, but hopefully uh, the Blues can get that job done. I've, Holmes is 13 bucks at the moment, which is great value when considering his record and origin. I think he's a good shout, and I think uh, for the Blues, if they can start this game like they you know, demolished Queensland in Townsville, I think a good value bet for me is... I haven't really thought about it too much, but I think that it's hard to go past uh, Josh Adokar. It might be a predictable pick, but um, you know he, he barely got involved in game one because he didn't have to, um, but he still did a lot of work, don't get me wrong, but the attack just went all the other way. I think that he's due for a big performance. I think he could open the scoring for the Blues. If you have to value, and you're not after a winger for each side because you know it's not the most exciting predictions in the world. The wingers will score the first try in a game in origin. But I like Kurt Capewell at 36 bucks. I think he's very good value for Queensland if you're after one. He scored the only try in game one. And uh, for New South Wales, a bit of value for me would be a big Isaiah Yell at $36 crash and his way over on the back of an inside ball from Nathan Cleary. I can see that kind of working out as well. So um, we go over to man the match now on my best bets of the week. And I think that you look at James Tedesco, as I said, I don't think he's been, he's ever had a bad origin. He's paying 10 bucks for me in the match at the moment. Oh, he's gone down to seven, but he's still paying seven bucks. I think it's great value for him. Um, I think he's got the ability to break the game open, so it wouldn't be betting past him. Cameron Munster's the obvious man for Queensland at 13. I think he's a good value bet as well. So um, enjoy your origin. On Sunday, guys, it's going to be a great game. I'm excited. It's going to be a great atmosphere up there at Suncorp. Expect the Queensland ambush, but I think that the Blues will be too strong in the end. I've got the Blues by 14.